Hello, sexy nerds of the Nerd Imperium. Welcome to this week's episode of the Currently Nerdy Podcast. We are your inner conclave of nerd. My name is Diz, and I am your pop culture and sports nerd, Ali. I am Ali, your classic nerd. And I'm your comic book nerd. I'm a, I'm a little bit uh, sniffly uh, because I'm crying <laughs> yeah, yeah. a little bit. Is everything okay, Ali? Yeah, we okay just, uh, so, uh, as, a, as we were chatting before this uh, podcast started, we watched Zach Fox's uh, interview. Oh, I thought we were watching the Democratic National Debates, and that's what was going no, on. fuck the Democratic National Debates. I'll be honest with you. I didn't even bother. I mean, I watched I wrote, clips of it and stuff, but yeah, I just that shit, man. Best line of the night. I wrote the damn bill. Oh, I love that. I love that. We'll talk about the Democratic National the Debates in just a second. But Can we not, we watched, please? Yeah, yeah we, we, we got we to mention just a couple things, and then we'll, we'll move on. We, All right, fine. You know, we're currently nerdy podcast but uh we're watching zank fox's uh interview because for the first time in i think world history in the history of our friendship certainly i knew something that they didn't about pop culture mm-hmm. usually it's ali have you heard this thing ali have you seen this thing i remember back in the day you that one song that one rap song that you played still i don't even remember what it was but it's still like it, it messes with my my head a little bit Dip, 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 begin. That one. Exactly. Oh, young that thug. One. That one. I remember hearing them like, what the fuck is? <laughs> so it's always been like, V has always been like, hey, have you guys seen this thing? Or Diz has always been like, have you seen this thing? And when they say, have you guys, they usually mean me mm-hmm. because I'm so behind. But the first time I knew about Zach Fox before they did, and I had heard the song, and so I brought it up. But I brought up his interview that he did, and we just watched it together. It was like seven minutes long. But mm-hmm. what do you guys think? Dude, it may have been the funniest interview I had ever seen in my life. Right? This guy yeah. is a fucking genius. He's a mad genius. I, I love him. He's, yeah. he's like painfully self-aware of uh, of who he is and the situation that we are in right now in society. Yeah. I love that. It's like that mix of being painfully self-aware, mm-hmm. but also giving like zero fucks. Yeah. Right? Like that combination works so well and it's so funny i mean his line there's like there's some memorable lines in that right yeah <laughs> I'm, i'll link it on the facebook and everything we'll yeah. link it on the social media yeah we're not gonna, we're we're not gonna give anything like go and watch it because it's it's just he's become the internet's favorite person i think really quickly oh, um yeah. and with with good reason and go and go go and look at his uh Twitter and his actual avatar. What do you call AVs? AVs? Yeah, Go yeah. and look at his AV and, and you'll see. It'll make sense once you watch this interview why it is what it is. So, uh, yeah, we were we were warming up our, our humor muscles by watching that. And I was actually very excited because I'm like, I get to show you guys something and it's not yeah, history dude. related. It's pop I was, culture. I was a very, very thoroughly shocked and impressed. Ali, you've uh, right. For the first time in your life, you have impressed me. I feel oh, like I've, uh, I've, I'm finally living in society. I'm not going to let that slide, by the way, that you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> Ali, Ali, the currently yeah. nerdy meme lord. Like, all my accomplishments, the one you're proud of is that I knew who Zach Fox was before. <laughs> Fucking piece of shit. That's good. Um, no, I, I, want, I want that song. I want that song to be like, if it could be on number one of the charts. If that, it like, wasn't, I think yeah. it almost was. Is it really? Not number one in the charts, but it's like number one on Spotify or some shit like that. You know, like that like Old Town Ho song or whatever it is called. Um, Old Town song is like, yeah, oh, Little Nas X or whatever. Yeah, but like it's huge right now. Um, yeah. He he did um he did a remix with the Young Thug. He did a remix with BTS. He did Soul yep. Town Road. <laughs> yeah, he keeps, he keeps just remixing. They, didn't he just recently hit up uh, Dolly Parton? 
Yeah. Um, but his song is number one, and Mariah Carey tweeted out about it, which is kind yeah. of interesting. Okay. Yeah. So apparently, uh, so as I understand it, it's like he's about to break the record for like longest time on the chart. Yeah. Or something like that. Like, oh, or like he's like tied with like Despacito and another song. And I think I it's guess, Mariah. It's Mariah oh, Carey and Boys to Men. It is. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. like a, a one fine day or whatever, or another yeah, fine, man, whatever it is. Man. But they, um, I think, I if I remember correctly, they talk about how with those, it's like if you release a song and then you release a song where it's the same one but someone else is singing so basically like they add another element to it they count those as a single time on the chart so they won't count Um, a remix they won't count a remix or you know or something like that as as two different you know like uh periods of time on on the on the singles chart. but it's the same song but they add like billy ray cyrus or he added you know whoever else so they count it all together and it's, okay. it's hit the top of the tr- it's yeah so it's like tied with like Despacito and shit now. Man. You said Boys to Men and just brought back flashbacks of of the good old days. Like I used, I used to love Boys to Men on bended knee. Yeah. Love that yeah. one. It's a Motown. very good song. Yo, okay. So speaking of underrated funny people, Lil Nas X on Twitter, he's very funny. Really so funny. He is really he funny. Tweet, he tweeted out. He said, um, "Man." Last year, I was sleeping on oh, yeah. my sister's floor, trying to get people, like begging people to listen to my music. And this year, I'm gay. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, for people who do, who hasn't been following, he came out uh, on social media. Oh yeah, um, and it was a big deal because it came out during Pride Month. And um, he's he's another one of those like he's very iconically our generation. Like he's, just, he's ridiculously hilarious because uh, he's very online. Right, quote unquote, mm-hmm. very online, and so I think the humor works. Yeah, he's 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 hilarious. But having said that, and having kind of done our pop culture, let's do a brief, um, you know, reference to the po- politics world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was two Democratic uh, debates that were held. Uh, we watched. Uh, I didn't. I, I don't know if you guys watched. I didn't. I only watched clips of it, like little yeah. bits of it here or there, and the stuff that was on Twitter. Yeah, little things. Whatever yeah, I didn't really watch it, but I followed it's- it on Twitter. It's just too much, guys. There's too yeah. many of them. Like half yeah. of these, ninety percent of these people should have dropped out already. Tim Ryan, shut the fuck up. Yeah, who hey, the fuck shut is that? The fuck up. Hinkle Pooper. Hinkle Poop. I I don't even know who the fuck Hinkle Pooper is. Like, if you told me, the the other thing is like they all look the same to me. So like, yeah. like if you told me these people, I couldn't distinguish them. So I'm like, what the hell? It needs to. They need to shrink this down, and they need to shrink it down badly. But out yeah. of the first debate. A lot of kind of interesting things happened. One, Bernie and Warren had amazing nights, really cool. amazing nights. They did so, well. Here's the thing with Bernie and Warren. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, go it's, ahead. It seemed like, um, fucking, what's the the moderator's name? Jake Tapper. Yeah, was, Jake Tapper. Yeah, so it seemed like Jake Tapper was like trying to pit everyone against Bernie and yes. Warren. Yes. And it seemed like. War, uh, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders had like a pact going in that they wouldn't attack each other. <laughs> no, they did this. It was actually a, one of the gifs was Bernie looking over at Warren and her looking at him. It was one of those like, do you see this shit? No, I think it was very clearly the moderate wing. And I hate that, right? The moderate wing isn't the right word. The centrist corporate wing of the Democrats versus mm-hmm. the progressive wing of the Democrats. Mm-hmm. And Jake Tapper, if anything good came out of the debate, is that everyone got to see what an asshole Jake Tap- Taper- Tapper really is. Because he is. He's always been like that. He's always, you know, and, and I think the Trump uh, presidency has kind of rehabilitated him into this, like, oh, he's a tough questioner. He's not. He's a dumbass, right? Um, and most of his talking points are very much framed by Republican talking points, very corporate centrist. There's this idea like, oh, 
you know, the, the Republicans have been framing, the Democrats have gone too left. And that was a lot of the framing of Jake Tapper's questions, which is why he kept going. And this is like some of the, literally like half a dozen of his questions to other Democrats was like, do you think Bernie Sanders has gone too far on this? Do you, you know, what's the difference between Bernie Sanders' foreign policy and Trump's? Like, if you don't know the difference between Trump's America first, fuck the world, I'll bomb Iranian ships out of the water policy versus Bernie Sanders' anti-war leftist diplomacy over war policy, then you're a fucking moron and you shouldn't be a journalist, right? Like that's, let's just put it out there. It is, yeah. it was honestly one of the dumbest questions I ever heard, but both of them did really well. And I'm like, Warren and Sanders, I'm like, all right, great. But uh, the unintended consequence of this all was that Marianne also came out of this as somehow shining it's like people were like apparently she was the most googled person after it and people were really digging her like fighting psychic dark forces shit which really (laughs) tells you first of all how (laughs) fucked up the inner like twitter is and how fucked up american politics is is that she says a bunch of like hippie bullshit and people like oh we love her because it's so starkly different from trump not recognizing the fact that she's super problematic. Like, yeah. there's a long history of, uh, of the way in which the hippie movement and that, mo- while being ostensibly anti-war and pro-peace, and that's great, but how they co-opted Eastern philosophy, added on a shit ton of American individualism, which is fundamentally incapable of addressing structural issues, right? It's all this, like, if you think positively, you can make things better. If you read some of her books, she really, she actually calls cancer and AIDS angels in Darth Vader suits, Oh, God. And you've got to visualize the angel coming out. She ran in circles that made a profit off of the AIDS crisis. Um, and and people – like there was actually a woman who, who – uh, one of her colleagues who claimed to have cured her uh, cervical cancer by uh, positive thoughts and whatnot and prayer and et cetera. So there's a lot of people in the disabled community, a lot of people in the uh, AIDS community that really hate Marianne, but all of that gets kind of whitewashed because she has good sound bites. This is the stuff I hate about the spectacular, sensational bullshit that CNN puts on and calls a debate. Okay, well, she's on there talking about reparations and shit, and then she's talking about battling fucking psychic forces. Yeah. It's like, hey, come on. what did you say? You just yeah. talked about reparations? Great. And then well, she's yeah. made an effort to become more aware of, of sort of structural issues, but her, her philosophy is deeply problematic Isn't in that regard. Vaccines draconian? Yeah, she's she's a lot of her beliefs are probably but you know, if you put on and of course, what did CNN do, right? They right afterwards, they had a, hours and hours of coverage by commentators, right? And oh, so and so did really well. And there's one governor. on there. I think Marianne did quite well then. I'm like, seriously, the state of democracy hangs in the balance. And you've made it into an ESPN coverage is what you've done. Now, Ali, before I, and after. Ali I, I don't think you should be poo pooing her too much. Because Literally talking about reparations and about battling dark psychic forces is what we do when we have dinner all the time. It's literally Listen, what we do when we hang out. I don't battle the dark psychic forces. I am the dark psychic forces. <laughs> <laughs> Marianne is a direct threat to my dark secret conspiracy and cabal of psychic forces. Yeah. Okay. So while we're recording this now, the second debate's going on with yes. like Kamala Harris. Well, it just finished. Biden. Oh, so yeah. But um, just finished. Uh, I've been reading some stuff. Is and was Mayor Pete last night or tonight? Last night was Mayor Mayor Pete. Well, he did all right. He did all right, but he's another. He's an empty suit. 
Well, so someone tweeted about Mayor T- Mayor Pete, and they're like, the guns that I use to kill brown kids. Or maybe he was tonight. I don't know. Uh, shouldn't be used in America to kill white children. No one in America should use the same guns that I use. Yeah, that's, he's, that's the problem with Mayor Pete is that he is he's so hopeless. I mean, he's smart, clearly. Yeah. But he's so hopelessly disconnected to what uh, many in the kind of progressive wing are interested in and also deeply disconnected with the stuff that really makes the new wave of Democrats unique, right? Strongly anti-war, very pro uh, uh, and climate change issues, mm-hmm. uh, addressing climate change, addressing structural economic issues. And these are things that Mayor Pete just does not have an answer for. He just does this, I'm smart and I served in the military and I'll be the first gay president. All of that's deeply problematic. Um, the other, this debate also brought out Tulsi Gabbard. So people uh, are really uh, excited about her. And we, we've talked about how she's a... She's a wolf in sheep's clothing, right? She's deeply – she portrays herself as like an anti-war candidate. But in reality, she's pro-drone strikes, pro-war on terror, supportive of authoritarian regimes like Egypt, very close to al-Sisi, Fatah al-Sisi. Um, and someone pointed out she wore a white. She's like, I'm so glad she wore a white so you could see all the blood of the Syrian children on her clothes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> because it's true. She's very pro-Bashar al-Assad and – and but that these this is the problem with these debates, right? Is that one these debates platform crazies because they're about what? Not informing viewers, but sensational moments, right? It's about ratings. It's why the questions are designed the way that they are. They're designed to sort of gotcha questions. It's why there's hours of commentary before and hours of commentary after. It's why I refuse to watch the debates until they shrink, until it comes down to two candidates. Then I'll start paying attention to the primaries. I, I can't watch this spectacle. It's disgusting. It's nauseating. You know, the, every week someone else is on top. Oh, I think Tulsi Gabbard is going to win. No, I've changed my mind. It's so and so. I can't deal with that shit. Yeah, no. Um, so uh, our friend Reza has been live Facebook posting it because he doesn't like Twitter for some reason. So he's been live Facebook statusing. He's an old man. Um, he put out such a fucking hilarious tweet about our tweet, a status about Joe Biden. He wrote, uh, Biden referring to Obama constantly is peak, but I have a black friend. Yeah. Oh, it's no. so true. Yeah. Well, everyone was talking from what I hear and what I saw, it was a lot of focus. If the first debate was focused on Bernie Sanders, the second debate was focused a lot on Biden. And yeah. even instances like Kamala Harris was multiple times would address other candidates, but then quickly turn to address Biden. That's actually a clever strategy. What it does is it one, you knock down the front runner while sucking up the oxygen from other people, not letting other people like don't focus your attention, your answers to anyone else. Mm. Even if you're answering them pivot eventually to Biden, it sucks away their oxygen because they don't have a chance to, to respond. Uh, in fact, there, there was one moment apparently that, that Tulsi did really well where she called out Kamala Harris, talked about how she put thousands of people behind bars and even went so far as to deny a person uh, an opportunity access to new evidence that would have exonerated an innocent person called her out on her stance on marijuana so i think that some of the some of the there was some substance and righteous critique there even if i hate tulsi gabbard um but yeah the debates are they are what they are and the fact that cnn is putting it's like the only thing i got out of the entire debates i'll be honest is that cnn could not get 
broken up faster. Yeah, no, CNN is horrible. I actually went to their, uh, I went to the CNN offices when I was in Atlanta, Georgia, two months ago. Yeah, and it's like it's 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 crazy because it's it looks like a giant mall, and there's like there's like all these there's like there's literally the bottom floor is a giant food court, and then above that is where they actually film all the CNN stuff. Mm-hmm. And I want I wanted to throw my euro at the window and see if it stuck on the back of <laughs> Don Lemon's head. Yeah, weren't they um owned by Turner at one point? Yeah, they are Turner. Aren't yeah. they? Yeah. They're still they're still owned by Turner, but it's led by uh Zucker who was a former MS uh NBC and ESPN. So he has a lot of influence. His background is in sports coverage. Uh Okay, guys. So, excuse me. Oh, go yeah, go ahead, this. Go ahead. Well, I was going to bring up a weird story from my childhood. So as you guys know, I'm a huge wrestling fan, right? Still am and have been since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And um, I I was huge WWF, right? So I hated all things WCW. I hated TNT. I hated TBS. And I hated CNN as a kid because they were owned by Ted Turner. And I thought Ted Turner <laughs> was the most evil man on the planet. Wow. Because of him. <laughs> That's actually really funny. Well, Ted Turner, as much of a, I hate corporate media, the problem is that it's actually the logic of a WWE that gets transferred into news, WWE and sports entertainment, right? So like yeah. ESPN, et cetera, which fundamentally sees that you need to gin up interest, right? So you do commentary beforehand. You bring on so-called commentators and pundits, and then they debate it out. And that becomes just as entertaining because a game only lasts for so long. Right, yeah. and the game is open on certain days. How do you get people to tune into an entire channel if there's not a game going on? Mm, right, yeah. so you need that kind of 24-hour coverage thing of that game. Right, mm-hmm. we're going to break this down, and we're going to make this type of prediction, and then we're going to do six different shots of that one catch. Right, that's that logic ends up in um, CNN a lot. We saw this with the last uh, last time. I remember, I remember the the promos for trump versus clinton debates were literally like wrestling promos it was their profiles of their faces very close up it's like catching it on this day the you know vote for it was it was one of those things where you look at you go this is supposed to be a democracy and it becomes really stark if you've ever gone elsewhere so v can attest this right like he's he's been there you, when you're in the UK, you've seen the election coverage there. It's completely different, or the election coverage in Canada. It's shorter, way shorter. They're really boring and substantial. There's nothing exciting going on. It's the debates are literally like like dollar amounts. They talk about like pennies. They talk about money. The debates aren't exciting. They're not massive events. They're even even production value wise. They just stand at a podium. Oh yeah, that's yeah. it. It's very, it's very Super. utilitarian. Like it's very, very, yeah. There's yeah. no, uh, yeah. The flash isn't there. The glitch, right? That they no production, yeah. And uh, no production. And also, it doesn't last. Like they don't do, they don't do it like three no. years out or whatever. The no. you know, like and it's, you realize it's like they stand to make so much money off of people clinging to this, like this fucking show that ends yeah. up being all style and no substance at the end of the day. All style and no substance is exactly the the right way to put it. Listen, fellas. Uh, that, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, that's it. I don't want to say anything further about the Democratic debates. Let's be real. Okay. Well, I'm listen. Done. All right. I do have a debate, a very important debate, much more de- important than Democratic ones, actually, in my opinion. Yes. Fellas, this is this is important to me. So you got to take it seriously, okay? Yeah. Donnie, uh, Donnie Yen, yeah. Jet Li, yes. Jackie Chan, yeah. Bruce Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Samuel Young, right? Oh, 
man, you threw in Samuel yeah, Young. Yeah. Or you know martial law. And just and just and just, you know, because we need to have affirmative action. Um Don't you dare say Chuck Norris. David Carradine. Oh my god. Are these all names that you've been called growing up? That's one really fucked up. I'm gonna drive down to Lisa Viejo and punch you in your fucking throat. <laughs> Wait, hey, hold on. He's gonna David Carradine you in your throat. Okay, listen, first all, first of all, I was addressing the racism that has happened to you in your life. Uh-huh. That's why I was asking you this question. Uh-huh. So if I had said names like Muhammad Atta, Osama okay. Bin Laden. Okay, can I point out that like we're talking about martial artists and then you jump to terrorists? Yeah, but like this is names that I've been called in my lifetime. I never <laughs> called you that, but I will address my fist in your throat the next time you do that shit. Look, but, I, I can't debate these because I have a soft spot for all of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I love them. I'm saying too? Huh? <laughs> the names that I brought up too, or just no, the not, No, not fucking the terrorist, you idiot. No, we've moved on from that bullshit already. No, we're talking about martial arts. I mean, I remember, oh, good old Sam. Did you remember watching uh, martial law? Oh, of course I did. Came yeah. Oh, my God. It was a, uh, you know what I loved about him? Because he was the only, he's the only fat guy amongst all of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before a fat guy, like, he was ridiculously agile and good. So I, I, I was very fond of him. But yeah, look, all of them are brilliant. I love all of them. And, I, and in turn, I've watched all of their movies religiously. I Rumble in the Bronx, right? Like that was my jam. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? But – and all of like the they're like the stuff that they that they've done that other people don't know about like there's a like all of their kind of old dubbed movies I, I oh, loved it but let's be real let's be honest none of them would be a thing if it wasn't for Bruce Lee no, no. this is very true guys and this is and this is important because growing up Bruce Lee yeah. was you know a, a hero of mine you yeah. know because he was one of the few if only the only like you know, Asian, um, Asian superstar in Hollywood. And, you know, despite the fact that, you know, he had died way before, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, we were born in the eighties, you know, and he had died in 73 or whatever. Like, so he had died well before we were born, but, you know, a lot of us, especially people who grew up in orange County and the Asian American community look, look to guys like Bruce Lee as, you know, heroes. No, absolutely true. And the reason we were bringing this up is because it's quite uh, recently he was kind of there's a bit of controversy associated with it. So Bruce Lee appears in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino's I think new movie, right? Yeah, yeah. And and what's crazy is this, like you know, um, he's he's depicted by Mike Moe, and the depiction yeah. of Bruce Lee itself is a bit problematic here because in this one it's like there's a he kind of portrays this arrogant kind of blowhard guy who talks about mm-hmm. being able to cripple Muhammad Ali and all this other crap, only to end up getting his ass kicked by uh, Brad Pitt's character, mm-hmm. who is, you know, this, this like aging stuntman, right? Yeah. And then, um, you know, uh, Bruce Lee's daughter comes out, and mm-hmm. this is very insulting to my dad's legacy, and it's completely yeah. out of character. And then, you know, his star student, Dan Inosanto, says, like, he was nothing like this in real life. Like, how dare you guys? Yeah take this character this this human being and create this like yeah. fucked up character of him for your movie you know yeah well, so this is interesting right so bruce lee did have a reputation of being a showman and and a boastful showman at times right um but not in the way that that tarantino is depicting him and that was partly because he was struggling against a massive backlash against um 
you know, kind of Hollywood and yeah. public press and whatnot. So he was drawing attention to martial arts at the time, but also martial arts as both as a sport and as a form of entertainment in, in movies and whatnot. In addition to being an actor, he was really the kind of person who jump-started the interest in martial arts, mm-hmm. especially on the West Coast and in the United States. So like the rise of the McDojo, the rise of these kind of studios were all thanks to the attention that he was able to capture through his kind of uh, showmanship. What's particularly frustrating is like, so Bruce Lee, I have a really, um, uh, you know, strong relationship with Bruce Lee. Um, uh, growing up, he was the guy I was most interested in as a sort of celebrity. I didn't have a lot of like celebrity people that I was interested in. Yeah. Bruce Lee was, was it like, he was the guy Absolutely. I loved because I was interested in martial arts. I wanted to be Bruce Lee. In fact, uh, Diz will know this, but one of our cousins, uh, Suleiman is a, is an artist, a really talented artist. And one yeah. of the first things I asked him to draw for me was Bruce Lee. And he made this beautiful, uh, hand-drawn, uh, picture of Bruce Lee that I had on my wall for years. So Bruce Lee was really uh, important in my life. But one of the things I also recognized growing up is that he's also one of the people who is a, who's been made into a caricature. There's a lot of caricatures of Bruce Lee in pop culture showing up in cartoons with a very sort of uh, iconic accent, a particular kind of uh, mm. accent that he has, even the sort of sounds that he would make, the wah, yeah, right? you yeah. hear that associate with martial arts, that comes from Bruce Lee. So there's a lot of kind of, so in addition to having a really popular positive effect that is an effect of western culture becoming interested in kung fu and martial arts the introduction of that is a real uh sort of uh part of movies um but also he has he's had this pop culture effect that i think has certain tropes associated with that can be certain racist caricatures of him and and kind of uh, and that is also become unfortunately part of his legacy that that's associated with it's true yeah one of the uh, sorry. One of the ones that I can remember as a kid was uh, from the video game Tekken. Uh, I don't know if you guys played Tekken when you were younger, but they had a, a character by the name of like Fei Long on there. No, Fei Long was from Street Fighter. Oh, sorry. Then what was the, there was one in Tekken who? Uh, yeah. Every I mean every game at Liu Kang is like their Bruce yeah. Lee, everyone right? had a Bruce Lee Kong. character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they had one. Yeah, Fei Long was the one in, in Street Fighter. Then they had one in Tekken and you would just hear like the what and all mm-hmm. that, shit, like, you know, like it. I, I remember that's how like I, I brought it up jokingly, like when you brought up like Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee and, yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. Right. Like I brought it up jokingly, like, but it was serious. Like these are names that I remember my Asian because growing up, my two best friends were a, a Laotian and a Vietnamese kid. Right. So like us three are like still to this day, like we're super close. Every time I go back to Virginia, like I'm with them at least like 70% of my trip. And oh, wow. and I remember growing up the shit that they would hear is like people would call him like Jackie Chan and Jet Li and yeah. Bruce Lee. And then they'd make like those like one what like noises towards them and shit and like make like Kung Fu poses. So like that became like a caricature of Asian Americans. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got that all the time too, right? I mean, Ali, you can attest to oh, this yeah. because we grew up together. Yeah. You know, and I, I and I mean, yeah, I, I did have an interest in martial arts, right? But it had never it had never had anything to do with Kung Fu, number one, yeah. or uh, Wing Chun or any of those styles. And even then, like, you know, that was, I mean, you said it before, It's a, that whole thing was stylized for entertainment. Yes. Yeah. You know, like, there's no practical effect to, to doing that stuff. And, you know, I mean, you look at, 
I mean, you look at the 90s and like whenever they depicted uh, Asian martial arts, you'd always hear the fucking guy. Yes. Right. Oh, my God. You'd always have you always have the guy with the you know, like there's a there's a perfect example. Right? You guys remember Family Matters? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right. And like, you know, and it's like, you know, I love Family Matters growing up. You know, it's it's a, it's a sitcom about a black family living in Chicago, I think. Right. And then, you know, Urkel comes in and, you know, he has to fight off a gang of people from a playground and he tra- transmogrifies into Bruce Lee or some shit. And all of a sudden he's speaking with a lisp and he's, you know, like, you know, and there's gongs playing in the background and this like weird, you know, like ancient orientalist like Mm -hmm. track in the background, too. And, you know, it's 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 really, you know, there's a part of you that kind of goes, okay, well, that's kind of par for the course. But, you know, when you're thinking about fucked up, it's like a lot of the times, especially in our society, when it comes to things like martial arts, it's like they want to they want to adopt the physical aspect, but they don't want to adopt the cultural aspect of martial arts, which is. You know, or that part of martial arts, which a lot of it is characteristically, you know, from from the Asian, from the Southeast Asian cultures. And that's, you know, that's really fucked up, in my opinion, sometimes. And, you know, I, you know, truthfully, you know, I, I love martial arts just as much as they did as a kid, you know. But when you kind of take away a lot of the, the things that were like where it came from or kind of the 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 parts of the culture that are, you know, that get associated with it, I think you lose a lot of what made those things powerful, too. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of those moves are are, are adopted from things, you know, the, from practical reasons, right? They talk, they talk about, and I don't know how true it is, they talk about how, you know, kicking people off of horses in Taekwondo and shit is the reason why they uh, why they do those spin kicks and everything, right? Uh-huh. I don't know how true it is, right? But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting story to talk about. Yeah. And there's a lot of culture behind there that, you know, that gets lost because it's like, it's, it gets lost in the, the screams and the jump kicks, right? But I think that is like a trope of for i i I hate to say this because i don't want to generalize but i think that is a trope of white people right like they they take things from the east right so we look at things like yoga right it's become a fucking that's true white woman hobby whereas it's a religion for people in india right they they Mm -hmm. take things like martial arts and we're gonna put my kid in karate you know like whereas that's like a fucking lifestyle they that was something that was taught in like in Japan and things like Taekwondo that are like huge for Korean cultures and stuff. Right. And, yeah, yeah. and like they turn it into like mm. this, this fucking bastardization of what it was initially. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, you see it in things like, like the karate kid, right. For an yeah. example, like, yeah. you know, uh, don't get me wrong. I fucking love the karate kid growing up, Who doesn't? but, but Mr. Yeah, Miyagi yeah. is a fucking caricature of, you know, like, of yeah. Japanese Americans, yeah, and, and, and some of some of these uh, representations can have positive influences, but the problem is that they're always reductive, right? Like they reduce mm-hmm, people they to these very kind of simple tropes. I mean, we see it in pop culture, but also like Tarantino himself is like big and like putting up these like racist tropes, right? Like, yeah. I mean, one of my favorite movies when I was like in high school and stuff was Kill Bill, yeah. Volume oh, One yeah, and yeah, Two, yeah. but like. You know, like I didn't notice it at the time because, you know, you're 15, 16 yeah. and like your mind, not everyone's mind worked like Ali's where like he thought of this shit like mm. cognitively, like mine didn't. And like I thought, oh, cool movie, badass, like mm-hmm. chick, blah, 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 blah. But like now looking back at it, dude, like, you know, like her going on this fucking quest to find that fucking sword. Mm-hmm. And then she had, uh, what was her, her sensei's name? Pai Mei or yeah. some shit. You know, and like he was like this caricature of like, 
like of a Japanese like or Chinese like kung fu master and shit with yeah. his long ass beard and stuff. Or like the Hatori Hanzo sword thing. Yeah. Like, oh god. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then they had like the Yakuza members and like um, uh, what was her name? Lucy Liu was in there as like yeah. this like like and and like yeah, it seemed cool at the time. We're like, oh yeah, like they're 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 using like cool like martial artists mm-hmm. and they have this great choreographed fight scene mm. but it's like it's it's white exploitation of martial arts and that's what i brought up yes. earlier about how like white people take this stuff and they exploit it yes. for their own capitalistic things and we give tarantino such a pass we do. because like you know like let's be real the guy for like better or worse is a creative genius pulp fiction is one of the best movies of all time that i could remember but let's not forget there's hella problematic things in pulp fiction right there's racist things that he says in there they're like they fucking glorify drug use Mm -hmm. um Django Unchained is considered like this great movie, but how many fucking times does Leonardo DiCaprio use the N word? Yeah, you know, like this is a really good point you're making here, right? He's like one of the things that Tarantino has done, and I think he's gotten away with, is he's claimed that he's making an homage to something. So, like Pai Mei is his homage to old quote unquote kung fu movies, right? Mm -hmm. But let's be real, that's an exploitation of those. Yeah. tropes, cultural components, all of that, right? We see this very clearly in his movies that he actually exploits those components. And so as a result, it's super problematic. And I always have a hard time watching this stuff because on some instance, you kind of like it. Like I liked Kill Bill growing up, but there's another part of me that goes, um, this is not okay. There's something yeah. wrong here, right? There's things that make me uncomfortable. Also, like his movies are horrifically violent, and he's got there's all gender issues there, there's race issues there. I mean, quite famously, Inglorious Bastards, right? The scene uh-huh. where he chokes out what's her name, uh, the the German actress. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that's yeah, actually yeah. his hands. Apparently, oh, really? um, Christopher uh, Christopher Christoph Waltz. Uh, Christoph Waltz. Christoph. Waltz. Uh, Christoph Waltz. Thank you. Thank you. I couldn't remember okay. his name. I was about to call yeah. him Christopher Walken. Yeah. <laughs> Christoph <laughs> Waltz was super uncomfortable doing it. He wouldn't do it himself. And so mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino did it. And she's actually being choked. If you mm-hmm. if she, see the commentary, he admits he's like, I'm actually choking her. He's squeezing. That's why her face turns really red. Yeah. He's actually choking her. Um, those That's really uncomfortable. Right? Super mm-hmm. uncomfortable knowing that. Uh, knowing that he puts women in these really uncomfortable positions, knowing that he exploits in this way. And again, I like his movies. I watched Kill Bill. I loved Kill Bill. I thought Inglorious Bastards was kind of fun. Django was like, ah, it is what it is. But it's like, he gets a pass. And I think it's because he's able to claim, oh, I'm doing homage, when in reality, it is fundamentally an exploitative issue. He is exploiting culture mm-hmm. he is exploiting history he's exploiting race and he's super defensive about it too you bring it up yeah. to him and he gets like hella defensive yeah that is like, true i mean he, he yells at people for that shit yeah, he yells well, at I mean, journalists and shit don't we do the same thing with stanley kubrick too mm-hmm. i mean you know mm-hmm. we talk about about his abuses on set too but you know people still mm-hmm. consider him a genius he fucking yeah. put her through like mental and emotional yeah. abuse man and, and this she's is, like she's fucked up now like, she's, she's real super crazy. fucked this is yeah. the problem is like we give these we do this mad genius thing like oh well, he's a mad genius it is just what it is no motherfucker the, there there's a 
Genius doesn't give you a license to treat people that way. It doesn't give you license to not be sensitive or aware or conscious of of things like uh, exploitation, appropriation. Like, if you're a genius, you should be doubly aware of those things. Being yeah. a creative genius doesn't give you license in that way. So I'm, I have issues with it. Right? It's like I get it. He's he's a good director, and his, his movies are fun. And it's interesting, but it's like he needs to be more aware of that. Like, if Bruce Lee's family is uncomfortable with his his depiction of Bruce Lee, that should tell him something. Yeah, this yeah. is true. I mean, we actually seen with uh, Shannon Lee, his daughter. You know, uh, you know, she's already talked a lot about this, but she mm-hmm. also talks about how, you know, she she Tarantino claims to be, you know, a a Bruce Lee fan. Yeah. When in actuality, it's all like you know because of the Kill Bill thing. You know, uh, because uh, Uma Thurman's jumpsuit is from Game of Death, right? Yeah, yep. Right, but he's also like, you know, the, the you know, even the Crazy Eight Eight, that army, you know, they're wearing like these like masks that look like the Kato character from Green Hornet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you know, she goes, she talks about how it's like, you know, he's probably more of a fan of the cool things of the kung fu genre and not so much Bruce Lee himself. You know, he exploits these images about the Yakuza army. He like takes these things, yeah, that he like loves that he thinks is cool, like a little kid does. Mm-hmm. But he really doesn't like connect any actual, you know, mm-hmm. any actual power or any actual, you know, real, uh, real. I don't know. How, like, how do you what's the term for that? I don't even know. Like agency. Is that is that yeah, an actual term yeah. for that? No, like, no, you're right. He doesn't attach agency. He doesn't attach. They're not real. They're not real characters. So take a look at all the characters that get killed in that Kill Bill scene. Right. And then mm-hmm. the club. None of them are characters. They're just body pieces for her to chop up and throw everywhere none yeah. of them have names none of them have backstories mm. right oh there's a general sort of figure but even that they're very one-dimensional it's it's literally a a, a you know a placeholder oh yeah throw in asian bad guy here yeah, they, they yeah. become they become for lack of a better term props yes. for the main yes. white character yes right? absolutely true uh, yeah uh so i want to talk about other people from our childhood that now we're looking at and thinking that uh, maybe these people are assholes. <laughs> Look back and go, hmm, this is not living up. Uh-oh. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. First off, V, I know that your least favorite character in Saved by the Bell is Zach Morris. Because yes. you're a big fan of that Zach Morris is trash. Yeah, uh, fuck Zach, Zach Morris. Morris is a sociopath or something, right? Yeah, I know. No, yeah. Screw that noise. Yeah. Fuck that Zach guy. Zach Morris is trash. That's one of your favorite fucking like series on. Um, <laughs> oh, it's not my favorite time. series. I watched Saved by the Bell Gun on your Hulu account. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, and I fun. realized how much of a dickhead he was. Yeah, I mean they're all they're all they all kind of you know uh, uh, and outside of uh, outside of the show, you know I heard Mark Paul Gosser can be a little bit of a pill. So I don't know. Yeah, I could I mean, be wrong. It is what it is. Okay, look. All right. Apparently there's another one. Okay. So for years, we thought Dustin Screech Diamond was the worst character to come out of Saved by the Bell. Fucking doing celebrity boxing, doing porn, yelling at people, fighting people. Stab somebody. (laughs) Stabbing people, right? We thought he was the worst. You know what? My boy AC Slater, fucking Mario Lopez, is like trying to take that title away from Screech. Okay? Yeah. Here's... Mario, Mario, you done fucked up. Look, Mario, you know, you had everything that people wanted. Yeah. You were in shape. You were brown. You were on all those entertainment tonight shows. People fucking love you because you're fucking age either. Apparently. You looked at 
you look the same now as you did in 1995, you know? <laughs> the motherfucker's 45 years old and he's in better shape than all three of us combined. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. That's, that's a, not that hard to do. Yeah, let's okay. be real. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's not saying much, but still. But this piece of shit goes on the Candace Owens show. First strike right there. I know, strike yeah, one. that's... Oh, right? Geez. Strike one. And then he makes two mistakes on the Candace. He makes three mistakes in general. Strike one was going on the show. Strike two, he goes on there and Candace Owens baits him, right? She, uh, she brings up Charlize Theron, right? And Charlize Theron has a seven-year-old daughter named Jackson, Mm -hmm. right? Jackson is a transgender girl, Mm -hmm. right? When when she adopted Jackson. She was raised without gender norms and expectations. Yeah. Yeah. And she was referring to to her as her son until one day Jackson, as like when when she was three or four, mm-hmm. she told her like I'm a girl, yeah, yeah. you know, like I'm not a boy, I'm a girl. So, you know, like he goes on about how like how dangerous it is, you know, like yeah. that that we're letting kids like identify what they want because kids say whatever. And then Strike Candace Owens. Two. Candace Owens goes, well, you know, I've never had kids of my own, but I've babysitted five kids. And I remember one boy tried to jump off the stairs and fly because he thought he was Superman. And we tell them that they shouldn't think that they're Superman. Oh, Luckily, I caught him. Oh, right? Like The fact okay, that you're comparing Candace fucking – so much. She's, she's a terrible person. The fact that you're comparing fucking trans children – like people, you know, like trans children that are being aware that, you know, they're misgendered mm-hmm. to kids pretending to be superheroes is yeah. fucking – is nuts to me. Yeah. And then he he brought up like the hashtag believe women. Yeah. And how he finds that like problematic because, you know, he's like, people lie. It's not just men and, you know, mm-hmm. but not just men and women that, you know, everyone lies. He's like, so what kind of world are we raising our children, especially our sons, if we say to believe women? What kind of example does that send yeah. to our sons? Strike three. Listen, asshole. The example that sends to your fucking sons that we're raising is to not fucking sexually assault, sexually harass, or demean women. Yeah. That's the example it sets. Yeah. So, like, by belittling it and saying things like, oh, yeah, it, it sets this bad precedent that, like, you know, because women are women lie sometimes. Yeah. Well, right? he, he, he hit it out of the park with fucking failing, fa- like, literally at all levels at this conversation. Literally yeah. failing like, at all levels. Like I, I, I understand why he failed, right? Like he goes on the Candace Owens show. She's gonna fucking bait you into saying dumbass things, and like he should know better as a fucking you know as a person in that limelight. Mm-hmm. Like you should know better. Like you shouldn't have to go and make an apology for saying this dumb shit because you're apologizing because people called you out on it. That's what you fucking really feel, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And like. You know what? If you really want to fucking apologize, yeah, say that you were wrong and then fucking go and do the work, yeah. right? Go out there and do the work. Dan Harmon did something wrong, apologized, explained why he was wrong, and is now doing the work mm. to make sure that that shit doesn't happen again. That's what fucking Mario Lopez needs to do. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, Slater should, you know, I don't I don't care how many people he's wrestled <laughs> at, fu- at fucking Bayside, right? I don't mm-hmm. care how many times he fucking danced with Jesse Spano or whatever, right? That dude's on my shit list. I fucking hate him, <laughs> right? And the thing that sucks about this is that you know he's actually pretty deeply involved in a lot of the, like, and you know, a lot of the uh, like glad, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, glad sponsored events for you know for gay people, right? Or you know for 
what they say is the LGBTQ community, right? But I think it's important that we, you know, a lot of people, especially the ones who are part of that that's very same community, differentiate being gay from being trans. Yeah, you know, and like you know, there is, um, you know, there is a. I think Ali, we, you talked to, we talked about this before, where there was this thing where you talked about like you know, there's a lot of people within the gay community who who don't look at being transgendered as being the same cause that they're fighting for. Right. Right. And there's some transphobia within that community. You're absolutely right about that. And that's also because most people conflate the difference between sexual identity and gender identity, right? Like you could be trans Mm -hmm. woman and straight, trans woman and gay, trans man and straight, or or you can be uh, pansexual. So like sexual identity is different from gender identity. And a lot of people don't kind of know Mm -hmm. that. But it is part of the movement, the LGBTQ movement, of addressing both gender identity and sexual identity and fighting for equality on all levels uh, uh, for that. Um, but one of the kind of frustrating components about this is that both Candace Owens and um, Jesse Slater, Mario Lopez, Slater. whatever the fuck you want to call him, um, <laughs> The problem is that a lot of the people we live in this era where celebrities, pundits, etc., they all feel they have the need to comment on things they know very little about. Candace Owens' conversation about, oh, well, I've babysat that lady. That doesn't make you an expert on child rearing or raising children. There are experts out there. If you want to go and you engage those experts and learn about that, and then you want to form an opinion, okay, that makes sense. But you, they don't do that. Particularly on the right, this is a problem. You see this with Mario Lopez. He doesn't know this information, and then he engages in it. He doesn't know about the fact uh, about children uh, being raised transgender. He doesn't know about the damaging effect of gender uh, norms that can have on children. Mm, yeah. He doesn't talk about what happens to children who feel that they are trans, but then we force upon them, no, you are a boy, right? Like that, the damage that that does, they don't, they don't talk about that. They don't talk about the psychological effects of that. Oh, it's very, it's a problem to let your, your son be raised as a, as a, as a girl. Would you know what the damage you can be doing? If your son says that he's a girl or feels like she, she's a girl and you say, and you insist that they're wrong, that is also damaging. And people don't, yeah, don't want to acknowledge that. They don't want to acknowledge the years of study that's been done. They don't want to acknowledge the years of childhood development that's being done. And they certainly don't want to acknowledge the fact that their children are individuals themselves. They're not owned by parents. They're not controlled by parents. And that children have their own agency. And yes, it can. it is a parent's job to guide in their certain areas that I think there's there's some, you know, guidance that could be there but your parents job is to be supportive to be in to help to kind of raise kids in 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 welcoming and accepting environment imagine living in a world where coming out wasn't a thing not because gay people didn't exist but because they didn't feel they needed to come out yeah yeah. imagine that right the fact that coming out exists reflects the fact that our culture is fucked up our society refuses and is unable to make people feel safe and it's the same thing with people who feel trans they also feel like there's a coming out moment for them that's that's kind of heartbreaking if you think about it if you think about that we live in a society where a person doesn't feel comfortable being themselves that they have to be quote unquote in the closet or that they have to have a coming out moment this is something that straight people never think about none of us in this podcast ever sat there and went we have to come out as straight 
We yeah, never have to yeah. worry about that. We never have to worry about being ourselves, right? To have some, such an important part of our identity that we take simply for granted, right? Our gender mm-hmm. or sexual oriented. We never imagine that that's such an integral part of our identity would have to be uh, repressed, would have to be hidden. This, These are the things that we refuse to point out. And this is one of the reasons why transphobia is, in my opinion, one of the more normalized forms of bigotry. In the same way that we would said Islamophobia is very normalized, I think transphobia is as well. There is still a lot like, and it's most of it is concern trolling. It's not unique and it's not fucking original. It's the same shit we heard about gay people back in the day, right? It's like, oh, we're not sure. It's not healthy. What happens to the kids? What if they get raised by two gay parents? And oh, but I'm just like, it's it's always phrased as a concern thing. Have you ever noticed that, right? It's like not outright. We're not dropping slurs, but we're going, oh, but you know, these people are ill. They have problems. We should we should help them with their mental problems. So that's that's the type of bullshit that people have been dealing with for ages. We said that about gay people. We said that about lesbian people. Now we're saying it about trans people. It's not even original bigotry, but it is normalized bigotry that we still see directed at the trans community, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I the, oh sorry, go ahead, Diz. I, I was just gonna say it, and this is this is why, like suicide rates and depression rates yeah. in, the, yeah. in the trans community are higher than almost any other community Absolutely. out there it's it's not just yeah. that they're they're already dealing with the societal pressures the family pressures the cultural uh-huh. pressures right mm. but then you add on top of that the fact that this form of bigotry gets platformed the fact yeah. that candace owens has a show and that people can go on that show to say shit like that that means that that, that trans person is being exposed and inundated with constant transphobia Right. Whether it's from TV shows that they're watching. I mean, how often are trans people depicted as as sexually deviant or dangerous or criminals? Um, For the longest time, this was this case with bisexuality. Villains who had sort of dangerous sexuality were viewed as bisexual. Right. Yeah, yeah. We see the same thing with the trans community. So there's a, the, you had cultural representations, media representations. Imagine growing up and watching mainstream media, BBC or, or CNN, having a debate. Is it harmful to raise your kids as trans? Like, like your identity, your very being is being debated. Your very existence is being debated. And that's a that's a problem that that we seriously face. Yeah. It's a problem that we, um, are, you know, is part of our society. And it's a form of normalized bigotry that we've simply taken for granted. I think it's also important to address one thing also. And, you know, it seems it's, I think it, it, for a lot of people, it seems harmless, but you know, and and to be, you know, I don't joke this way, but I know a lot of people do, and I know they don't mean, you know, to be malicious with it. But you know, yeah. a lot of people now like to make jokes about, oh, I identify as this, right? And a very, and then they they invariably find something that's completely stupid and completely out there to, to say that, right? And they may not necessarily, yeah. uh, you know, lo- they may not necessarily look to hurt the uh, transgender community by saying those things. But, but I think we really need to look at those time. jokes, you know, like, yeah. and that's, that's the thing. It's like, you really have to look at those things and be like, I may not have the intention there, but it, yeah. you know, it still stings and it's still sharp and there's intent, still, yeah. Intent versus intent impact. Versus, right? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. can intend something to not be harmful, but it still is harmful. Yeah. I mean, and, how many times do you talk about how like people will say they never intended to hurt anyone when they fucking hurt everybody? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's the reality of it. As a, look, fuck you, Mario Lopez. 
right? You, you ignorant piece of shit. If you're going to talk about something, go and inform yourself first and foremost. And second of all, fuck all the people who platform this shit. Yeah. If uh, currently nerdy, unequivocally, if you don't support the trans community, if you don't support the LGBTQ community, don't roll with us, right? That's not, that's not some, we're, you're not, you're not our part of our crew. You're not part of our nerd fandom. And fuck that, right? This is, this is not a matter of debate. This is not a matter of let's have a conversation. This is a matter of respecting people's rights to exist, respecting people's right to identify that they, the way they want and respecting the, just their fucking basic human existence. Yeah, mind if your you goddamn business too. Yeah. If you can't fucking muster that up, fuck you. I think that's the perfect way we're going to end the podcast is with a fuck you. Uh, let us know what your thoughts are about this. Have, did you watch the Democratic debates? Uh, d- again, this is not a matter of debate, so don't even bother. Um, but if you want to show your support for the trans community, let us know. We'll retweet that. We'll support it. You know, let's counter some of the bullshit that's out there from the Marco yeah. Lopez's and the Candace Owens of the world. Let's create a much uh, a more open, egalitarian, accepting, and to- not even tolerant, but accepting community out there. So we'll retweet stuff like that. Let us know what your thoughts are about Quentin Tarantino and the representations in his films or about Bruce Lee. This is going to let you know how you can get a hold of us. Yes, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash currently nerdy, Twitter at currently nerdy, Instagram at currently nerdy, YouTube, youtube.com slash currently nerdy, Tumblr, currently nerdy.tumblr.com. Did I say Tumblr already? Mm-hmm. But whatever. whatever. Um, we're on Stitcher, Google Play, and the iTunes podcast app. So make sure that... <laughs> you uh, subscribe to us, write a five-star review for us, um, and make your friends listen to us. So if you have friends that want to hear more about things like this, or you think that they might be interested, dude, just send them a link to our podcast, you know, turn them on to the currently nerdy empire. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we would definitely appreciate that. If you want to get a hold of us individually, you can. V, how can they get a hold of you? Listen, guys, so this is important because I just started my own YouTube channel for the Sound Slayer website, and I'm starting to work on some video stuff. So if you're going to go and follow me on YouTube, please follow me at the Sound Slayer or subscribe to that video channel. Um, if you want to follow me personally, uh, VTran214 on Twitter and Instagram. So that's V-Y-T-R-A-N-214, Ali. You can catch me on my website, alilomi.com, or on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at A-A-O-L-O-M-I. I just did a tweet thread about the jinn in Islamic and Middle Eastern folklore, and it's gone viral. So I've been in a couple really interesting tweets recently about angels, about jinn, about astrology, really focusing on the kind of supernatural, occult, folklore components of the Middle East. So you can find that on Twitter, uh, as well as on our sister podcast, Head on History, which is just in its new season, talking about gender and sexuality in Islam. Diz. You can find me everywhere at Dizbulla, D-I-Z-B-U-L-L-A-H. For everyone here at Currently Nerdy, thank you for tuning in. And remember, stay smart, sexy nerds. All hail the Currently Nerdy Empire.